Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, joined by Senior Editor Mara Levinsky. Hi, everyone. So, Mara, lots of casting news was revealed this week. Let's start with Days of Our Lives, which had some serious shockers. First of all, Farrah Fath is returning as Mimi. Marcy Miller has opted out of the show as Abigail. And Kate Mancy is reportedly coming back this summer for a short-term run as Abigail, the role she previously played. I would definitely say that that counts as big news. Definitely. Now, the Marcy Miller news came as a big surprise, not only to people at the studio, I've heard, but the daytime community as a whole. I've gotten calls from people at other shows over the past couple of days, actually, asking for the scoop about it. You know, Marcy's been in such front burner stories since the day she started, but it turns out that she signed a two-year deal and is apparently ready to try other things. You know, I think because of like how many people stick around soaps, you know, we just get accustomed to them always being there or that they're going to stay and you know beyond their first contract some people like don't want to do it and then some people are like oh my god this is totally the life for me and if you look around daytime there are so many people who are celebrating like 10 years 20 years 30 years even like 45 years we've done Mm -hmm. in the magazine recently and so I think it's so strange when someone has such a big role on the show and they leave it feels like wait what do you mean where are you going Yeah, you barely got started right so I, I think I totally get it like I think this news particularly with Marcy just really shocked people just because that DID story was so huge and has been so huge and of course is going to continue to play out over the next you know many months Mm -hmm. Um, she's not even wrapping filming until this month so she's going to air well into the fall so I just think it's kind of like it comes out a little early and everyone kind of gets up in arms but um, you know it'll be interesting just to see kind of where the story goes now Um, I, for one, am very excited for Farrah to come back. Uh, She hasn't been on the show in 11 years, but she did go to One Life to Live as Gigi, where Daisy's head writer Ron Carlovati wrote for her. Mimi's mother, Bonnie, as you recall, came back to the canvas last year, played by the lovely Judy Evans. So I guess she'll be back again if Mimi's coming back, which should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting and fun to see Mimi again because I think she's, you know, she was part of that really charmed teen moment in Salem history. So I'll be very curious to see how she slides back into town. Now, there is also some casting news over at GH. Tell us what's going on. Yes. Well, Elizabeth Hendrickson, who uh, most recently racked up a whole slew of daytime Emmy nominations for her work as Chloe on The Young and the Restless, has been hired by the show and started taping uh, last week and will be making her debut at the end of May in this newly created role. And I can tell you that several actresses who are 
well-known to daytime fans, including a past Emmy winner, were in contention for this character. But Liz won out, and I am certainly interested to see her uh, fit into Port Charles. And I'll, I'll be keeping a particular eye on whether she'll be intersecting on screen with Billy Miller, who plays Drew. Uh, as YNR fans know, they had pretty impressive chemistry when they were on that show together as Billy and Chloe. And I'd also heard another show was quite interested in having Ms. Hendrickson join the ranks. But I have to say, I'm really delighted that she ended up on General Hospital because I have such a specific memory of being out to lunch with her when she was leaving all my children, doing her exit interview. She was planning on moving to California, and she said if she ever ended up back on daytime, she hoped it would be at General Hospital. And it took a minute, but here we are. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) I love that. I did not remember that. That's a fun little tidbit. Back to the Marcy Miller news, which, as I mentioned, definitely broke earlier than anybody expected Mm -hmm. because, of course, Day's shooting schedule um, is just different than any other show. They are five months ahead. Let's say she wraps this month, like, she'll probably be on, like, till October at Mm -hmm. least. So there's a lot more story to play. But with the internet, you know, it's harder to keep things under wraps now because... You know, people talk and spoilers get out and news gets out. And then, you know, it's sort of once it's on the Internet, it kind of takes on a life of its own because it's out there. It's rumors and it's harder to say or it's harder to keep the secret, I guess, for the show. So you kind of have to, you know, either confirm it or just, you know, kind of let it live and um, ask like there are people reacting to it saying, well, why should I watch or why should I invest in this character if she's going to leave? And, you know, I do understand that. I'm not someone who feels that way. Like, I want to see the story play out, like, regardless Mm -hmm. of if the person's staying or leaving, just because usually I'm just invested in the character and their journey. And I want to see, you know, what happens with them. So I am not someone who's like that. But I do understand people who feel that way. And it kind of brings up the question of spoilers. So let me ask you, will you watch something even if you know what's going to happen? Oh, I absolutely will. Uh, You know, I've been working at this magazine for almost 20 years. So in a way, I've been watching soaps having them spoiled for me longer than I ever watched as a fan uh, before I worked here because we, you know, are privy to advanced storyline information. Uh, The show I cover, General Hospital, I'm usually three weeks ahead of what's airing and knowing what's going to be happening usually just makes me more interested and more intrigued to see how it's going to happen. You know, to read something in a sentence on a piece of paper is a whole different thing than wanting to see what the actors bring to it, what the dialogue is going to be, and all uh, all of those factors. Um, I'm the kind of person who, you know, if I see, ooh, on such and such a date, a character I like is going to be on. It's going to make me more inclined to make sure I catch that episode. So, you know, even the, the smallest nugget of information like that will sometimes make me more inclined to be excited for a particular episode to say nothing of like what's actually going to be happening with that character. Are you saying that you have favorite characters, Mara? No, no, they're all my they're all my children. <laughs> um, I'm with you. I will definitely watch even if I know it's going to play out. Um, the story I always refer to is that I was in L.A. a few years ago and um, I'm a big Grey's Anatomy fan. And it was when Patrick Dempsey was leaving the show. I didn't know how they were going to write him out. So I was on the Internet the day after the episode aired and I saw that they had killed him off and I was freaking out. I'm like, wait, are you kidding me? They killed Derek Shepard off, like having such a moment. Now, knowing that the episode was sitting on my DVR at home, that I was going to be home within a week and could see it was not enough for me. So I actually downloaded the show and paid $2.99 to watch it 
in that moment because I wanted to see how Derek died. Like it didn't matter that I knew that he died. Right. I wanted to see the story leading up to it. And so that's how I feel about any soap story. I am less almost invested in what the it of it is than to actually see how we get there. So even if I'm spoiled or even, and that, no, look, I get it. Everyone loves a soapy surprise. If someone's coming back and they don't expect it or the audience doesn't expect it, sure, it's exciting. Like there is something really fun about that. But in terms of like big broad strokes or even just specific story points, it kind of doesn't matter for me. I don't care if I know. I am totally still going to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I absolutely agree with you and you know when it comes to our work and teasing story that that's upcoming a lot of times we're really adhering to the wishes of a particular show and the approach that they want to take about how much information they feel is kosher to dole out to tease and titillate the, the viewers as opposed to potentially making them less inclined to tune in. Right. It's just hard for me to wrap my head around it because nothing would make me not tune in. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, and you know, it's very funny because for people who say like, I'm never going to watch enough that show again. Now, I will tell you the truth. Back in the 80s when Jenny Gardner was killed off of All My Children, I literally turned the channel to Days of Our Lives the next day but of course I did go back to all my children it wasn't like I stopped watching yeah, all my children morning but period. I needed a little break in yeah. that moment from yeah. her that's actually funny that you say that that is a hundred percent how I started picking up more shows when I was uh becoming indoctrinated as a soap fan because like Anne H left another world and I needed a minute away from Bay City while I healed and so I flipped over to One Life to Live and fell in love with Max and Gabrielle you know um wait speaking of another world Tell us about your reunion this week with some folks from that show. Linda Dano, who played the very memorable Felicia Gallant, has a big birthday coming up. And so there was a surprise party for her that I got to attend. And it was so nice. Um, There were so many people from Another World there, including Anna Holbrook, who I told that we mentioned her on the podcast because you had really liked her portrayal of Charlie and Charlene. Um, Steven Schnetzer, of course, who played Cass. Cass and Felicia were besties and they are in real life as well. Um, John Bolger was there. Amy Carlson was there. Um, One Life to Live's Bob Woods was there. Uh, As the World Turns as Colleen Zenk was there. Suffice it to say, everybody loves Linda. And there was (laughs) a lot of love in the room. There were also um, the former production designer was there from the show and the costume designers Chip and Maggie who I have a particular fondness for because I worked so closely with them back when I covered the show in the early 90s and it just was like an amazing night and Linda was so surprised number one and it was just pulled together so great and it's the greatest thing I think that we get to see when we get to go to these kinds of reunions is seeing the bonds that formed on these shows between these actors and they just never go away. And so you see in the room how excited people were to really see each other. And that to me was kind of just the nicest thing and the nicest thing to experience from our end. I absolutely agree. That's, you know, that's what I love about going out to California for the Emmys when it is that that reunion uh, atmosphere and and you really do everywhere you look you get to see people who haven't seen each other in a minute and are just so thrilled and delighted to uh, to be bumping into each other I had that experience most recently with Elizabeth Hendrickson by the way when I went over to say hello to her uh, at an Emmy party I didn't see who she was speaking with but I went over and once I got there I realized it was Terry Ivins from uh, All My Children who played Simone and they were like oh my god we were just talking about All My Children and now you popped in because I covered that show and so it really felt like I was part of that reunion too it was 
was you really know fun. people talk about soaps being like families and it might sound like a cliche but the truth is they do start to feel like a family and we are actually talking to two soap siblings today um Scott Clifton and Darren Brooks, who play Bold and Beautiful's Liam and Wyatt. Now, let me tell you, Bold and Beautiful fans do not write to me as much. So B&B fans, if you're out there, please send me some emails or write some letters. But in the last two weeks, I have gotten more mail about Bold and Beautiful than any other show. And it's mainly because people are a little upset over the uh, choices that Liam is making in his love life and the quick switch he made from Steffi to Hope. They also don't understand why Wyatt is so quick to believe what Bill is telling him about Bill and Steffi, which of course we know is a lie. So let's get these two on the phone and see what they have to yeah, say. Yeah, we need about some it. answers. Hi, Darren. Hi, Scott. Hi, guys. So, Scott, let me start with you. Uh, fans are a bit up in arms about the quick switch from Steffi to Hope. I always say that I think what makes you one of the best actors in daytime is your ability to sell Liam's choices. (laughs) That's about the best compliment I could ever get. Thank you. (laughs) You Welcome. I'm serious. I say it all the time. Um, So what is your take on his approach to his love life? I, yeah, I mean, I I have to play it as a, as a a point of weakness for Liam. I think, um, I think he is, uh, I, th- I saw somebody say something on on social media recently that Liam has a, a kind of childlike uh, idea of love. He's obviously he's an idealist. Obviously, he's a little naive. But beyond that, I think he's he's in love with the idea of love. He's he's in love with the idea of being in relationships and having some. He's a serial monogamist. He can't be alone. Uh, and I think a lot of that, I mean, you know, part of the job is finding ways to justify what would otherwise be inexplicable behavior. And, and the way that I <laughs> the, the way that I've tried to do it is um, I have this this arsenal of history for Liam, you know, his mother watching her die of stage four breast cancer right in front of him. And she was the only sort of she was the, not only his hero, but she was like the sort of nucleus of his life prior to coming to L.A. And she's the one who sent him to L.A. And and watching this woman die and not being able to save her, not being able to do anything about it. Yeah, I think that that created a sort of neurosis in Liam. And I think he he needs he, he needs to fill that hole and he needs a female companion in his life at all times. And so. Um, yeah, I think Liam's emotionally needy. I think he's constantly trying to fill this void. Um, and that's why he jumps, you know, so quickly. Do you understand when the fans react to the way they do to his choices? Oh my God. Are you, I, I want to slap. <laughs> I mean, are you, but, but, but I have to, there's two different hats. I mean, I can, I can talk both ways. I mean, I can talk as an actor in terms of how I justify the character, because when I'm working, I can't be critical of Liam. I have to find, I have to understand Liam, you know, and empathize with him. But when I'm, when I'm not working and if I just try to watch the show as an audience member, I, I cannot stand Liam sometimes. Um, And, and he does, what he doesn't realize is that he, he's hurting so many people, you know, by, by this, this, this hole in him that he's trying to fill is, is really detrimental to all his relationships and all he ends up sort of leaving. Um, it's like a tornado, you know, going through town. He just leaves debris behind him, you know, except it's yeah. Broken hearts. It's, it's relationship debris. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And, and and I know and I can what's interesting is, you know, on a soap opera, we, we have the, there's this line, you know, that we have to say like every few weeks that we don't have to say it, but it's written so often. It's that, you know, we, we've been through so much and we're stronger than we ever were. You know, we, we love each other more now than we ever have. And I don't know about you guys in real life. Uh, when, when I've had relationships that were on again, off again, uh, it just, it erodes slowly. I mean, the relationship gets worse and worse every single time. It doesn't, no relationship ever gets better by people breaking up and getting back the together. Res- and The resentment yeah. builds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And then you have this, like, you have ammunition against one another too. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's not, it's not, Liam is not a, an emotionally healthy guy, but like you said, I mean, he's, uh, I think, but he's relatable because there are people like this in the world and, and he's not this sort of stoic, typical soap, you know, leading character. He's, he's a kind of, he, there's a weakness to him. And I, and I, um, I do enjoy playing that as much as I know it garners, uh, hate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Darren, Speaking of weakness, uh, a lot of the mail that Stephanie has gotten about why it pertains to how quick he has been to kind of fall into the trap that Bill has laid for him and believe his dad. Why do you think that Wyatt was so quick to uh, be such a such a vulnerable pawn? It's in the script. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because they wrote me that way. Um No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, you know, we, you know, a lot of times, you know, Scott and I talk about this too, where sometimes we get frustrated with a story point with the character or we look at it and we go, Oh my God, you know what I mean? Oh, I I wish my character was smarter or like, you know, whatever, but you know, we have to find those ways to justify it, you know? Um, So I think it's just, you know, he has to believe that, you know, now that he's getting closer to his father and, and he's trusting him a little more and all that stuff that it's like, you know, he hasn't, been i guess screwed over as much as liam has and that's the way i kind of justified is that why it's still that naive needing to fill that father void in his life um Mm. and he just you know kind of trusted you know a lot of that stuff and and when his father tells him to his face that this is going on well he's got to deal with it and you know he's quick to believe it and then Wyatt's fault you know to to kind of piggyback on what leah you know scott's saying is that um you know, Wyatt's fault is that he does. He shoots, he shoots first, ask questions later with everything he does in his life, you know, whether it's a girl or it's uh, a decision or the diamond heist or anything like that. Like that's what he does. So he, he goes and he tells his brother everything because of how he feels and how bad he feels for his brother and, you know, all that stuff that's going on. So, you know, that's his downfall. You know, he always does things before he like finds out all the information he needs to do. Whereas I think Scott and I have discussed this. Liam's kind of the opposite. He's more analytical and he does that kind of thing where he overthinks things too much um, mm-hmm. and then makes a decision based on that. Um, um, but that's I guess that's that's where I'm, I'm coming from, you know, with this character. Well, I feel you could probably get another Emmy just based on your reaction shots, like the way that you react in scenes, like pretty much with Don or with anyone. Um, They are so perfect. Like we get such a kick out of them. 
I know a lot of people say, you know, you're the man of like a thousand faces. And I'm like, well, if there wasn't any for best reaction face, I think I have it in the bag. <laughs> it's so great. You could totally tell what Wyatt is thinking, which is perfect. Speaking of Don, let's talk about working with Don Diamant. Um, how would you... You're talking about Donaldo? Donaldo, the Italian Donaldo. dancer? Don... The, the one, the only. Donald Feinberg? <laughs> Donald Feinberg? The one and only. Exactly. <laughs> Um, So how would you describe your relationship with him, you know, both on screen and off? Well, uh, he I mean, you know, he is a father. Like he's like super dad in real life. I mean, he's got, you know, seven kids. I think his autobiography like is coming out at the end of this month. And I'm really excited to read it. But but he does. Yeah, there's a there's a paternality to him that um, that is. You know, he's got all boys. I mean, that's his life. And he gives us grief the, the way that a sort of a father of boys would. Um, and and that sort of that really helps. Us. First of all. OK, first of all, Don is the least mature person you'll ever meet. <laughs> the least mature. He yeah. is, he, yeah. He's a child. I mean, on he's set, a he, child. he cracks himself up so much. And, and it's it's infectious because we and the crew, we all start laughing with him. But eventually, Ed, like our executive producer, he comes on and he goes, Don, let's go! You know, and Ed and Don have known each other. Um, so you know, you know, you're going to be laughing when Don's on set, but we, we love him. Yeah. And we give it back to him just as much. I mean, yes. we bust his balls like nobody's business. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, it also, it makes him feel like he's at home. So I think it's, it's good for all of us. Right. Right. Now it seems at one point or another, either Liam is in favor or Wyatt is in favor. Um, do you ever rib each other about who dad likes best? <laughs> no, it's, no, we all, it's, it's always like, Oh man, he hates you now. What a relief for you. Like, I know. Oh, man, you're the lucky one. Yeah, the good son. The good son's always the boring one because then you never have like the fights to play with your father, which we all, you know, as actors, we're like, wait, we have a, our characters getting a brain tumor, or, or our characters like, you know, killing someone or fighting with a parent. Oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, we're, that's the thing. When you're the lucky kid, when you're the kid that he, that the father likes, it's always a little boring. But you know, you don't um, want to be happy for too long. That's right. the rule. No. That's well, right. on B&B, yeah. you just have to wait like three days and you should probably be miserable again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do have yeah. to say well, that. Three days. Yeah, that's why it is kind of like perfect in its, in its own way, B&B, because it's, you know, quick. It's a quick watch. And then you don't really have to wait around for like these, you know, huge reveals. Like they don't drag out over a long time. And I personally no. enjoy that. Yeah, I think it's got something to do with the fact that it's a half an hour show. I mean, we, we just, yeah. you, you there's so much can happen. Because it's a half an hour show, you can't have too big of a cast. So the cast is right. like half the size of the other shows. Um, I, and by the way, I understand that there's criticism that the, the cast could be more, you could spend more time on B storylines and C storylines. And that's that's totally um, I hear that criticism. Um, but yeah, but I think, but I think because of that, the, the plot has to move fast because you can't, you, it's, it's easy to fall into the trap of being repetitive on a soap opera. So you have there, and there's this, per, this balance because different storylines can be going on at the same time or different plot points can be happening and you have to wait for them to converge in order to tell the next story beat. And so sometimes one story has to drag a little bit right. and stall while the other story has to catch up. Um, and so sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to walk that tightrope. Are you, are you going too fast or are you going too slow? Um, right. and we go, we go back and forth. Darren, 
uh, one thing that uh, I think has been so successful for you on on the show in the past little stretch of time is your pairing with Heather Tom. I'm very curious to know if you ever thought you would be working this closely with her and how it is to be working so closely with her. Listen, I I love Heather. She's great, man. And, and, you know, even when the story, um, when I heard the story was happening, you know, I came home and I told Kelly and Kelly was like, oh my God, thank God. I love her so much. She's so good. She's such a good actress. You know, it's like, it's going to be easy. It's going to be a cakewalk, you know, come in and just like throwing down like any kind of scenes, emotional, fun, whatever. Like she's just, it's amazing. Like her, her range and her talent is just so fun to kind of play off of uh, and just seeing what she's going to do. Like she'll make any scene like mean, like so much, you know what I mean? And, and, and uh, um, I, I love working with her and, and she's great. And, and um, you know, I can't say, you know, enough great things about her. You know, I think the only, the only problem with our storyline, I think is the, the one topic that we always try and sweep under the rug, which is his stepbrother will, but um, that listen, it's a soap opera. Okay. We can, yeah. we can navigate that. I mean, didn't Ridge like date somebody's, somebody's son or daughter or something. Let's, let's just say if Wyatt were to marry Katie, he wouldn't be the first soap character to be stepfather to his half brother. Thank you. This there is you what go. I've been saying. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> now, Scott, we did a poll in the magazine recently of once and for all, who should Liam be with? The results. Yeah, what they say? So, Steffi won with 40%, followed by Sally with 32%, Hope with Whoa. 20%, and someone new, 8%. Mm. Wow. I'm, uh, I mean, Steffi, I'm not surprised by what I'm surprised by is Sally. Wow. That's that 30% is a lot for for Mm -hmm. what it was like. It was like two weeks like of that. Wow. That's so interesting. But what a great two weeks they were. Right. And undeniable chemistry. People want to see more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I I had a lot of fun with Courtney. Uh, So once and for all, who do you think Liam should be with? Uh, I th- I think Liam should be with Steffi. Um, I, I well, yeah. I think well. He- here's the thing: so, Liam and Hope are probably more compatible in terms of their idealism and their general philosophy. Um, but I think opposites attract, and I think Liam and Steffi have a way of sort of challenging each other and making each other better. Better. But I will say, if you were to ask who Steffi should be with. I don't know if Liam is as good for Steffi as Steffi is for Liam. So if you're a Steffi fan, you may not agree with me. You may think that Liam, Steffi needs to get away from the sort of the um, Liam toxicity uh, that he sort of brings to the table because he's, because he's so fickle and so insecure and, and, and does sort of switch relationships at the drop of a hat. That's, that's dangerous for any for anybody to be in a relationship with. Now, you obviously have a good relationship. The two of you, you've created such a great sibling dynamic. Um, did you hit it off right away with each other? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, the, res- the restraining order notwithstanding, <laughs> great. No, yeah. Um, I mean, but that's only in certain states, so it's fine. <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah. If we travel, then it's a problem. Um, but yeah. that's really a production issue. Not a <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, do you um, hang out away from the set? Yeah, we do. We try to. It's kind of hard. I mean, well, every few weeks or so, we'll get together and like have drinks or something. Or if we have a long day on set, we go because our our, our um, studio is right next to the Grove in in Hollywood or L.A. Yeah. And so we and there's a lot of places to like go get get drinks there. What do you like best about working together? Um, I, we, you know, I, I mean, we we have a good time with with 
I mean, anything. I mean, we always joke around. We have a good time. Like, you know, we just have a lot of, I think we have a good chemistry and everything too. But, you know, we, we, we are respectful actors where we talk about like, you know, who's supposed to win the scene or like, you know, stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of times there are people out there sometimes, you know, certain actors and stuff like that, that just want to win every single scene, even if the script doesn't call for it because they want to be like the best. And it's like, well, that doesn't further the story, let alone, you know, humble your character or, you know, um, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Sometimes, you know, us as actors on different sets and stuff like that, we, we kind of have to deal with sometimes. But, uh, you know, I think I think pretty evenly, you know, Scott and I do try and make sure that it's sort of a well-rounded performance where it's like, well, if I'm the bad brother this time, then, you know, that's that I have to play that, you know, and and and, you know, vice versa. You know, I think we're both kind of really good at, at giving each other, you know, the win sometimes when it, when it, you know, when it calls for it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I would have said. I think I, with, with Darren and me, we get together usually, I mean, if we have time, you know, soaps move so fast, but yeah, if we ever have time running. to sit down and like run our lines and go over, we're very good. We're always on the same page when it turns, when it comes to like script analysis. So we'll yeah. read the script and we'll both usually come away with the same idea about what's supposed mm-hmm. to be happening in that script from a bird's eye view. You know, there's a, right. there's a status game. There's always a tug of war between soap characters because you, you have to, it has to be in interesting you somebody's rooting for Wyatt somebody else is rooting for Liam and your guy has has to win and your guy has to lose and and that's what makes it you can't have somebody always sort of pulling out the higher status than the other character because then it it loses it's it's um you lose your interest in it another thing about Darren and me um is that I think we we've never actually said this out loud to each other Darren so I don't know but I think you and I compete to like make the crew laugh when we're on set (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I do i do think that's very true yes we, 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 we just like everybody laughing and i think we just we just mess around yeah. the whole time and and we just want yeah. a good feeling on set you know which helps anyway but yeah yeah it boosts morale i mean the crew you know bust their asses all day long and so it's nice oh, to, yeah. to to have you know a little a little break so i think i think i think the crew appreciates us when we're both on set. Um, yeah, I, I hope we're not too annoying, or, I guess. Or they totally <laughs> resent us. It could be one or the other. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so before we let you guys go, we thought we'd play a fun little game of Liam versus Wyatt. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, get All your, right, get your gloves on, no, kids. No. I forfeit. All right. Let's start with who has the cooler house? Um, um, I don't know, man. I think Liam might have the cooler house. Well, it depends. Wyatt, if you're a surfer, I, then Wyatt's house. Well, no, because because Liam's character, I mean, yours is up there. Yours is by Point Dune, which is a very popular surf break. But yeah, but I got to like, walk farther. <laughs> you got to go down the hill. Oh, yeah, poor, uh, pro- poor problem for Liam. It's hard. I don't but wait, where, where, where is Wyatt's, Wyatt's beach house? Is, is that the, is that, um, Right there I on the end by the pier? This, see, that's a good question. I mean, we call it the beach. Wyatt's house is the beach house, and Liam's house is the cliff house. I mean, that's actually yeah. the name of the sets. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, so clearly Wyatt's house is, like, on the beach. There's literally, like, sand, you know, right at his his, his doorstep. So, I, I I mean, it's – I think they're both in in um, Malibu, aren't they? Or Or are they in two different cities? Yeah, I think they're in Malibu. I think yours is like I said, it's up there by you know down by Point Doom, and then I think I think Wyatt's is like right by the pier. I want to say it's like one of those first houses by the pier. The set in our soundstage is is designed to 
replicate actual Cliff House in Malibu. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's an amazing, amazing property. Amazingly, the both houses seem very close to Forrester Creations, despite the fact that they might be in Malibu and Santa Monica, respectively. I'm like, I've never been in L.A. and gotten there that quick, but good for Liam and Wyatt. Oh, yeah, no, the, we have teleportation in, in, in this world. <laughs> or, lo- or lots of speeding tickets, that's for sure. Yeah. And we also, nobody wants to have a conversation on the phone. Everybody just like drops everything and like drives to somebody else's house just to say, and like, nobody, I still love you. And then okay, and nobody says goodbye. Nobody no. says goodbye. Waits time. 17 minutes of airplay. We, we don't have time for goodbye. I know that the answer to this might depend on any given day, but in general, general terms, guys, who's Bill's favorite, Liam or Wyatt? Well, okay, because, okay, so Wyatt is way more like Bill. I mean, what, Bill can have a scotch and a steak with Wyatt, and he can't do that with Liam. Wyatt and Bill's interests in life are generally way more similar. Um, but that, but he's had more time bonding with Liam because Liam he met Liam first. So, right, it's uh, a toss up. It's well, that's the thing. I, I think it's. I think that also can threaten Bill as having an equal adversary, you know, the threat of being taken over at Spencer and all that stuff. So I think that Liam might be the favorite because he's more, but not necessarily controllable, but he can do more things to Liam to kind of like keep your enemies close, you know, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer type of a thing. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's also, I mean, I think Bill, no, with the exception of one particular storyline in the last year or so, I mean, Bill sort of, Bill sort of knows that Liam's heart is not in taking over the Spencer empire. He's not, you know, no, that's true. Um, true. So that's yeah, tough. I mean, that's you may be right. One. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough, tough one. All right. We'll call so it a draw. It? He loves both. It's a of draw. Them. This one's a draw. It's a draw. Okay. Yeah. The next is a two part question. Number one, who's better at their job and number two, describe their jobs. Better oh. at their job. What, why uh, it is better at his job. That's <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Describe our jobs. It's hard because our job, I think, changes all the time. Why? Why? It's yeah. a, why it's like the publicist, you know, he's, he's got media relations and stuff like that. And, and um, you know, he does a lot of that stuff. I think with Spencer, he deals with some of that stuff, too. But yours, yours has always been. Well, I guess you worked at Forrester, too. Yeah, I've like had very, very, very brief flirtations with working at Forrester. But really, what? Why? Okay, so here's the distinction in my mind. Wyatt grew up doing what he's, in a way, doing what he's doing now. He he ran a business with his mother. His mother did the you know designing of the jewelry. But Wyatt was the salesperson, and he's he has lots of experience with that. I mean, he's been doing it his whole life. He really knows. And there's been no indication that Wyatt is not good at that. He's, he's a, he's very good at selling a product at, at, at marketing something. That's kind of how his brain works. Liam, Liam is not, Liam is a little less defined by what he does in the sense that when Liam first came on the scene, he was an IT guy. He was like a computer techie customer service nerd and, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. sort of Liam got thrust into this mega corporate empire world that is not really a match for him. And there have been times where 
it's been implied that Liam's doing a good job and times where, oh, and also Liam was the editor in, in chief of Ion Fashion. So he kind right. of became like a sort of writer. So Liam's never, there's a sort of fluidity to Liam's career. He's, he's never really had one thing that he's actually been able to cultivate an expertise in. So I, I don't know, I would give this one to Wyatt. Yeah, I'd probably say it has nothing to do with with me at all, but I think Wyatt, too. I, I think it has to do with, yeah, like just the way that they kind of wrote him, I guess. Yeah. All right. yeah. Wyatt yeah. for the win. Yeah. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. I'll take so that we're tied. One. So we got one Wyatt, one Liam, one draw. One draw. Yeah, okay, here we go. Okay, this is going to be this is going to be quite the tiebreaker, I think. Who is luckier in love, Wyatt? Or oh God, Jesus Christ! That's the. Oh, that's the. <laughs> I mean, come. On, let me tell you something, okay? That's Liam winning this whole damn shebang. <laughs> it was uh, fixed. It was fixed. Uh, yeah, that one. That one him. wasn't fair. That's that. Yeah, that's like saying who has a bigger beard. You know, like I hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> Liam wins again. Now, yeah, if you ask who's more self-destructive, <laughs> that would be Liam. But uh, yeah, Liam inexplicably, I get, I get like tweets and fan mail all the time saying Liam must be amazing in bed because there is no other explanation for why like every girl in LA is remotely interested. So I. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, then yeah, Liam's I, got that in his corner too, apparently. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for your time today. This was so much fun. <laughs> Super fun. That was fun. Yeah, that was great. You thank you guys. Yeah. And uh, we know there's big story coming up, so everyone better be sure to tune in. Oh yeah. Yeah. Matt, lips are sealed. Yep, lips are sealed. Drama. Don't give it away. <laughs> yes, drama intrigue. ahead. Yes, yes. mystery. <laughs> uh, re- annulments. I don't know. I mean. Teleportation. <laughs> Teleportation, Teleportation. Speeding tickets. Saying, rude phone call endings. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all happening. It's no all one's going to say goodbye. No one. Ooh. <laughs> well, this puts us in an awkward situation. <laughs> yes, because we're about to say goodbye. Oh, yeah. oh. Should well, we, we just can, hang up on you? Yeah. We yeah, we'll just hang out. We'll just hang out. We'll, yeah, we'll no, that's the rule. We're not allowed to say goodbye. We have to somehow end this without saying goodbye. How do we do that? Uh, let's just hang out, Scott. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. Okay, okay. here we go. Well, I'm going to do it. I'm All right, gonna ready? Uh, I'm going to do it, too. Okay. One, One two, two, three. Three. Well, Mara, looks like they really hung up. Um, that was awesome. Thank you so much to Scott and Darren for joining us. Thank you for joining us. And be sure to pick up a new issue of Digest on sale now and tune in next week for another podcast. Podcast.